0: If you're new to Behind the Line, what you should know about me is that I'm a clinical counselor specializing in trauma therapy, and after over a decade working with first responders and frontline workers around issues like burnout, compassion fatigue, PTSD, and related OSIs, I've become a passionate wellness advocate and educator for those who sacrifice so much for our communities out on the front lines. Behind the Line is a place for us to talk about the real life behind the scenes challenges facing you on the front lines. I created this podcast with the hope of bringing easy access to skills for wellness, allowing you to find greater sustainability both on the job and off. I'm so glad you're here because today we are really pulling back the curtain on first response and frontline work and naming the elephant in the room you guys i hate to be the one to tell you but what you do is not normal okay maybe that wasn't totally revelatory or maybe it was who knows back in the fall i put out a request on social media and to those who follow me by subscribing to my email list and I asked you to tell me what you wanted to hear about on the show as I put together my plans for 2022 topics and interviews. And this topic was chosen by you. So today, as requested, I'm launching this new series that I'm calling Being Normal. Over the coming weeks, we're going to talk about the impacts the work has on our ability to be normal outside of the work, in our friendships, in our intimate partnership relationships, in our relationships with our kiddos, and in our daily living activities. Not only will you be hearing from me, but I have lined up some fantastic guests to join me to share their experiences, wisdom, and insights as we work at finding some normal in the very not normal of the work that you do. For today, we're setting the stage for this awesome new series and really working to name the ways in which the work is not normal. And here's the harder part to swallow. Not only is your work not normal, but the longer you spend in it, the more difficult it becomes to feel and be normal in your life outside the work. And the more uncomfortable you likely feel in spaces that are relatively normal. I know my hunch is that that truth feels yucky to acknowledge and yet totally true. So before we dive too far in today, let me preface all of this by saying that I know normal is a word that comes with some judgments. When I use it for the purpose of our discussions throughout this series, I intend it to mean typical to the average adult person in everyday living and interactions. For instance, when someone sees something dangerous, crisis-related or chaotic unfolding before their eyes, the typical human response is wired to go away from that scenario. Human beings are wired to limit exposure to risk threat, and potential for harm for the purpose of survival. That is how we're built and would be reflective of the average response. Part of what is not normal about your work is that you are trained and eventually rewired to run toward the danger, crisis, or chaos. Not only that, over time that rewiring can become increasingly hardwired in to not only run toward danger, crisis, or chaos, but to actually feel more comfortable in danger, crisis, and chaos, leading us to seek out or even create situations that satiate this craving. Can we just acknowledge that that's not normal? This is actually a piece I talk quite a bit about and work to break down in my Beating the Breaking Point resilience training program, where we talk quite a lot about the adrenaline roller coaster and the way it changes our brain's pathways and responses over time. Neurophysiologically, you are changed by the work. We could map it. And normal people's jobs don't generally have this kind of functional impact on their actual neurobiology. In preparation for today's episode, I spent some time brainstorming a list of things that are not normal about the work that you do and that result in creating some not normal problems for you in your daily life outside of the work. Fun, right? My guess is that you might think of some others and feel free to shoot me a message because I might circle back to them in another episode. So if you think of additional ideas, throw them at me. Let's start for now with the parts of your job That are not normal. Number one, if you work shift work, shift work is not normal. There is not a human on Earth who is wired to engage in rotating shifts, flipping between days and nights on 12 hour shifts for a four day, four off set. It's not a thing. I get that emergencies happen 24 hours a day and that staffing needs to fairly distribute hours and all that jazz. But that doesn't mean anyone is built to withstand the demand of it, particularly long-term. The physical fuck-up that comes from this has consequences. We talked about some of that during our episode with sleep specialist Dr. Glenn Landry on Season 2, Episode 12. Go back and check it out if you missed it. And those are not consequences that the average Joe citizen faces. Circadian rhythm disorders can lead to significant health concerns as well as mental health impacts. We know that. And these risks are not normal people risks in normal people jobs. Number two, dark humor is not normal. Now, let me say, I will be the first to say that dark humor is a requirement for survival in the work that you do, and there is no shame for using it. That said, it's also important to identify that it's not actually particularly normal. Humor has always been a method for coping for humanity, regardless of what it's connected to. But humor grounded in human suffering isn't generally used by people in everyday life. We've likely all had those moments of exposing a dark humor moment in a room with people who don't get it and having that moment of like shocked silence. That is a solid reflection of how not normal this is. Number three, running toward the danger rather than away is not normal. Like I've already mentioned, human beings are wired first and foremost for survival. We have a deeply rooted genetic code that comes with generational learning that has trained us to go away from scary, intense, risky situations to keep ourselves safe above all else. Now, this one tends to be a bit of a combination of two factors, personal pre-work training factors, and then professional training factors. We need to acknowledge that some people enter the work because they already feel wired to run toward the danger. It's part of what makes them good at their job. Often this comes from personal experiences with intensity and potentially trauma that have trained us in our personal lives to frame a role that feels more secure, valuable, or otherwise capable in high-risk, high-stress situations. To be totally honest, in my work, I have found a disproportionate number of my first response and frontline work clients have histories of childhood abuse, neglect, or trauma that led them to feel passionately about helping while simultaneously being uniquely equipped to be in danger, stress, and chaos because it has been all too familiar for them for so very long. Now, this isn't everyone's story, but it is a story I hear a lot. For others, as well as for those who come into the work training with some degree of comfort in the risk, the training does the rest. The training forces our brains to rewire and teaches us to shut down or shush our normal human responses In order to choose to go toward the risk despite our survival mechanisms telling us otherwise. While this is what allows you to be awesome at what you do, I'm also going to tell you that it comes with a cost. And for sure these are not pieces that normal people in everyday life are having to navigate. Number four, being a part of everyone's worst day is not normal. I can't think of any other industry where every interaction is someone's worst day, where nearly every interaction has some degree of life or death. That's not normal, you guys. Most other professions have measurable wins that show up on a semi-consistent basis that people can anchor to and feel reflective of their effort. There's something they can point to and feel good about walking into situations knowing that this is someone's worst day over and over and over again and experiencing the winds as few and far between and difficult to measure is not normal number five living a constant cliffhanger is not normal the adrenaline response of being on a call or dealing with a situation is one thing But the worst is not knowing what happens once your part to play is done. As the dispatcher, you may not know what happens once you're off the call. The firefighter doesn't know what happens once the ambulance pulls away. The medics don't know what happens once they release to the hospital staff. The eMERGE staff don't know what happens once they stabilize and send off to whichever unit. Each interaction is a cliffhanger. And if you don't know, our brains don't love cliffhangers. It's why we binge watch Netflix to know what happens next and not feel left in the lurch. Living every day as a cliffhanger multiple times a day is not normal. And number six, crisis being your Tuesday is not normal. While a lot of industries have aspects of work that can include some amount of crisis, chaos, or intensity, this is usually outside the norm rather than the status quo. Being promised uncertainty as the staple of your day is not normal. Doing this day after day after day does this weird thing where it makes the not normal feel normalized. And do you know what this does? it perverts our perspective of what normal is to begin with. It skews our reference point and convinces our brain over time that the very not normal pace and intensity and uncertainty of the work is just so very normal because we're in it and doing it all the time. And this makes actual normal things feel boring, bland, uncomfortable, unfamiliar talk about a topsy-turvy upside-down kind of world okay that's my not at all exhaustive list of ways your work is not normal now let's talk about the impact that comes from living in so much not normal number one lacking normal reference points what do normal people talk about anyway I honestly hear that question on a near daily basis when your sense of normal is so obviously not normal it's hard to know how to make conversation with people who don't share that version of reality we can struggle in social situations to know how to connect because we feel limited in sharing about the day or how work is going We can wrestle with the voyeuristic interests of others who want to hear about the work, but in a way that is really about the excitement or strangeness of the stories, rather than a genuine interest about you or your lived experience. And if we do find something to talk about, it can feel hard to feel connected or invested in caring about the responses of others. Because frankly, normal people conversations start to feel boring, which is number two. Have you ever found yourself feeling a lackluster response to normal life, like it's boring, dull, and lacking? Have you ever heard your friend or spouse or kid talk about a problem in their life and found yourself internally, or worse yet, outwardly, rolling your eyes at their concern about something so seemingly silly or insignificant relative to what you have seen or done or interacted with on any given day of the week? Being exposed to the intensity of things you're exposed to gradually skews your perception of what your brain is willing to deem as significant. Think about it like this. When you first start working out, you likely have a lower threshold for hitting a certain heart rate zone. Because your body isn't used to working out, you'll hit a higher heart rate with relatively little effort because your heart isn't used to exercise and it ramps up quickly. As you work out more your heart strengthens and adapts and it will start to take more effort to reach a certain heart rate zone the threshold for your heart rate is higher similarly when you first start in the work your threshold for what it means to have a problem or feel stress will be relatively low over time your system adapts and the threshold increases But this means that lower level stresses won't register the same way that they used to. This can lead to having difficulty feeling empathy for others in our lives, difficulty experiencing interest in things that we once did, and a host of other challenges. Number three, engaging in adrenaline seeking and shit disturbing. Connected to normal life feeling boring, a tendency can emerge that provokes us to seek out more Action. The work has you living in an adrenaline roller coaster, which is equal parts awful and inviting. When normal life feels dull and we feel disconnected or not engaged, we'll tend to seek out connection and engagement. The problem is that this will often require some kind of adrenaline activation. So we can start causing problems in an effort to feel something. Anything. In my practice, I see this show up in all kinds of ways. Risk-taking behaviors like new hobbies with an element of danger, novelty-seeking behaviors like trying something new every other day and not sticking with anything, and what I call poking-the-bear behaviors, where we will actively cause problems or provoke arguments just for the sake of stimulation. Now, let me be clear. I don't think we do all of these things totally consciously. We are seeking to fill a need, conscious or not. Number four, the yo-yo. On the flip side of the adrenaline rush is often numb. Feeling disconnected and finding it difficult to be present can lead to missing out on moments, cues, or connection to good and normal things in life. I hear so often about feeling disconnected from joy as I watch my kid graduate, missing conversations that might have been significant connect points, but I just couldn't connect to it. Feeling like I'm in a room with fun things going on, but struggling to make myself be a part of it. We can know that we want to be connected, but struggle to make it happen. And this is where the real damage lives, because it's where we grow distance from the people we care most about, And often, where we'll experience regret later in our lives that can be hard to reconcile or recover from. Number five, life on eggshells. Beyond some of the daily living and relational impacts of the work, it is also not normal to go places in your daily life and feel triggered. Having difficulty going to a party in a neighborhood where I responded to that one call, or going to the grocery store where I know X, Y, or Z happened, or bumping into that patient at the pharmacy who I had to dot, dot, dot. The world is filled with reminders of times you had to show up and act, and daily life will put you in positions where confronting these are not optional. Most people do not have to face these kinds of triggers on such a regular basis, or have them so pervasively spattered across their communities. For most people work stays at work. Among the difficulties for first responders and frontline workers is that it doesn't, it can't. And it leaves you walking through your life on eggshells, waiting for the next thing to hit in whatever random unexpected moment. Now, let me say again, this is not an exhaustive list. I'm sure that there's a host of other ways in which you might identify being impacted by the not normal of your work that make your everyday life feel really not normal. If you hear yourself in some of the pieces I've mentioned today, I hope you stick with me through the rest of this series. I also hope you'll invite others you know to listen, because I can promise it isn't just you that feels this and needs this. Over the coming weeks, I'll be talking to some fantastic guests, about how we work toward building back some normal in our lives as it relates to friendships, intimate partner relationships, relationships with our kids, and in our general everyday lives. We're gonna to try to be really practical to give you tangible tools to bridge into your daily life. As we walk this series together, I also wanna say that the Beating the Breaking Point Resilience Training Program takes these principles into depth and gives a step-by-step plan for supporting resilience and our capacity to carve out some normal within the not normal of the work you do. If you don't know a lot about the program you can check it out by clicking the link in the show notes. The program was built based on my experience working with those on the front lines and seeing the gaps in your training that set you up for major blows to resilience and sustainability. And I packed in everything that is most important for you to know, along with tons of tools to develop a personalized resilience action plan. Those who have gone through the training have given really positive feedback and we've seen the program used even by full staffs in an effort to promote resilience and wellness broadly within organizations. While this program is normally priced at $229 Canadian, we're currently offering a $100 off coupon code from now until 11.59 p.m. on Thursday, March 10th. If you're ready to take your investment into your wellness to the next level, I think you'll really gain a lot from this program. Use the link in the show notes and use coupon code BTBP100OFF To snag this deal before it ends. As we wrap up for today, I want to remind you to please reach out and connect if you have any questions or feedback. You know I love hearing from you and shaping this podcast to echo your needs and interests. Even today's topic was chosen by you. I love hearing about what you're working on and how you're using what we talk about on the show. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Lindsay A. Foss, where you can follow me or tag me, or you can email me at support at thrive-life.ca. I'm so grateful that many of you are keen to share about Behind the Line and spread the word to others on the front lines. We've watched listenership explode the last few months, and it's because of you. Thank you so much for sharing with those you know. Know that we can be found online on our website, on most major podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube. Click subscribe to get alerts about our latest episodes or subscribe to our email list to hear from me about all the exciting things we have going on and coming up. You'll find all the details you need in the show notes along with links to our free beating the breaking point indicators checklist and triage guide to help facilitate self-assessing burnout and related concerns. We make all of this available to you because the work you do matters. But more than that, you matter and we want to make sure that you have what you need to keep up the good work at work as well as in your very real and meaningful life outside of the work. So use it and share it and until next time, stay safe.